going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders stream slash podcast. It has been a while. My apologies to on that. I will explain that here in just a minute. Uh, I'm Gary Gesser, your host here with you as always. I'm going to have to shake the rust off. It's been a minute since we did one of these. Uh, but I'm joined again today, as always, by my main man, Hani Amadi. And Hani, uh, I just want to say thank you for your very romantic comment the other day about how Popeye's chicken sandwich made you think of me. So I appreciate that. Yeah. First of all, uh, I want to say that uh, everybody who, who was missing us should be thanking Popeye's for bringing this back together. Literally, it was in a Popeye's drive uh, yesterday, and I texted Gary to do a podcast <laughs> because I thought of him. Um, I also want to say that, uh, at least speaking for myself, I'm going to not care about this game for three for the first three quarters of it, and then at the end, I'm going to really go all out. I just, that's the, <laughs> the way to do it this year. That's, what, that's the vibe, so... Yeah, uh, no, honey, it is it is good to see your face again, and uh, you like the last from last time. You know, you got the haircut; it's looking good. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm having a little bit of a post championship glow up. Is, is really what's happening here? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it has been. I want to say about a month since we've done one of these. Uh, it's been a minute. And want to apologize to you guys. Apologize to you, Hani, for that. Um, and just kind of briefly explain before we kind of jump into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about just kind of our early season takeaways from this Laker, early Lakers season that we've seen so far, uh, 14 games in, and kind of preview Monday's game against the Golden State Warriors. Um, so... Basically, life's just gotten, you know, pretty crazy. Obviously, you know, the last 12 months really have just been nuts for everybody and um, just been my schedule personally has been really crazy and all over the place and very unpredictable. So um, it's been very, very challenging to kind of get things in line. But uh, hopefully moving forward, that won't be an issue. Um, So I apologize for our long break for those of you that really enjoy the show and those of you that that do uh, really appreciate your support and I'm going to try and do this more consistently for you guys um, because you deserve it. You deserve it. And, um, you know, I'll try and find find uh, solutions to, you know, uh, the crazy (laughs) schedule and all that. But, um, yeah, so I apologize. But I thank you guys, those of you that have stuck around and continue to support us. um, So I really, really appreciate that. So. All right, honey, the Los Angeles Lakers are still very good at basketball, and they're eleven and three to start the season. So, how are we feeling about this team so far? Listen, man, uh, the energy that this team gives off of uh, not giving a crap, and then also really giving a crap—it's it's totally relatable. First of all, it's a, it's how I want to live my life. Um, it's me it's really- when I have like a paper due. I just don't give a crap about it until like the night that it's due, and that's like, all right, I'll I'll, I'll I'll do it now. Yeah, then you go into zero dog twenty three mode, and, yep. and you get it done. Yep. Um, it's uh, it, it's really grown on me because the first couple of games, or even really like the first handful of games, it's kind of frustrating. Like even though you know that this is a team that. Uh, is good enough that they don't have to care about the regular season and you kind of go into the season expecting them to treat it that way. It's a little frustrating when they, they come out and, and really don't try and don't play any defense. But 
as the season has gone on and we're like 15 games or so in now, uh, it's really grown on me. <laughs> like I kind of love the fact that they're basically to- toying with teams and just like keeping it within striking distance and uh, almost having a little bit of a contest to see like how, how far back can we get <laughs> by halftime to see if uh, we can come back and, and win this thing. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of fun watching that sort of element of this team right now. It gives me like Shaq and Kobe Laker vibes, uh, Kobe and Powell Laker vibes. You know those teams yeah. were, you know, maybe less so the 2009 team because that team won 65 games. Um, but the 2010 team totally was just like, we know that we're good. We can turn it on when we need to. We can flip the switch, and you get kind of that vibe with this team this team is insanely good we've seen the depth just the the multifaceted uh approaches that it can do um especially offensively but you know we've talked we talked about going into the season that this team you know probably won't be as good defensively that as last year's team but man when this team cranks it up on that end they're still really good defensively and they can get stops and you have the, the monster ad back there yeah. then mark gasol is still a good positional defender and has gotten more blocks than i think i anticipated so far um just because he's a really smart player and just knows yeah, where to absolutely. be can and his timing is just is great so it's it's encouraging and frustrating that's kind of my two thoughts about this lakers team it's encouraging just the, the gear that they can hit when they really, really want to. I just wish that they would hit it more. But we also said coming into the season, and it's something that we both know, we all know, that this team has bigger goals in mind than just winning regular season games and getting a one seed or whatever that is. And it's just all about preserving themselves, keeping guys healthy, and getting through this pretty jam-packed season coming off of a very short off season, especially with, you know, some older players like LeBron's 36, Marc Gasol's older, um, so on and so forth. So they're, they're, it's, it's amazing to me that, you know, they've, they've cared for, you know, in spurts, they've cared in right. spurts and they're 11 and three best record in the league. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's yeah. amazing. It just goes to show how good they are. They're not perfect, but they're insanely good. Yeah, and it's been – I don't want to say that they haven't been challenged because they clearly have had to play a few close games uh, against inferior competition. Like, you know, the Bulls game comes to mind. I, I think they had a close one against the Spurs. Um, so so they have been challenged, but at the same time, really over the course of these first few games, they've been able to do this with uh, – their entire depth, they're playing a 10, sometimes 11 man rotation. Um, and LeBron and Anthony Davis are really not playing a whole lot at all. Like, I think they're both at about 30 minutes a game or something like that. Um, it's kind of insane that they've been able to uh, really, one, work on building their chemistry, which is still a work in progress, obviously, but still be able to win games, still be able to win a lot of these games handily. Um, be the best defense in the league so far, be the best team in terms of net rating in the league so far, have the best uh, record, while also their two best stars aren't really playing a whole ton. They're, they're getting rested. And it's not just that they're sitting out fourth quarters. Throughout the course of the game, Vogel is, definitely has shortened their, their playing time in general. Um, they even have 
you know, uh, lineups here and there in some games where they play without either LeBron or Anthony Davis on the floor, which they would have absolutely never done last year unless they had to because of an injury. Uh, they're doing it this year at times, and and the bench, that all bench lineup is holding its own. It's doing quite well. So um, I think that's probably been my big takeaway of of the season so far is that they've their depth has been so good that you know even with guys kind of still uh, trying to gel with their new teammates, they're able to really really be the best team in the league without having to rely on LeBron and Anthony Davis for big chunks of games. Yeah, and you brought up the fact that LeBron and AD, you know, aren't having to play as much and that sort of thing. Even when they're playing, you know, they're kind of pacing themselves, right? Like we've seen Anthony Davis shoot a ton of jumpers. Yeah. I feel like LeBron's taking a lot of threes and actually hit at a pretty high rate. Um, at least it feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really confident in Le- LeBron's three-point shooting right now. It's it's <laughs> it's crazy. Not that I wasn't ever confident. It just feels like he's in a in a good groove with his with his jumper, which we saw in the you know at times in the playoffs last year that wasn't the case. Themselves, man. Like when the playoffs roll around, Anthony Davis isn't going to shoot this many jumpers. Uh, LeBron's not going to probably shoot this many threes. It's just going to be a totally different approach. And so they're, you know they're playing less minutes, but they're also pacing themselves in the minutes that they're getting. And that's, I mean, that's all that they can do, right? I mean, we're 14 games down, yeah. what, 58 to go. So still a long way to go, but as long as they can just continue to, you know, get enough wins while preserving themselves, stay healthy and they'll be just fine. I mean, so far, mm-hmm. I know they lost to the Clippers. I, I, I took away nothing from that game really because the Lakers were fresh off of getting their championship rings and that's always hard to overcome especially when you're playing against another really really good team the Clippers might honestly probably Mm -hmm. be the second best team in the league um so yeah it's not gonna think much about that but I think the Lakers still just have a gear that they can hit so far from what we've seen it's it's early and things can change over the course of the season but the Lakers still have a gear that just nobody else can hit and we saw that last year, and I think we're seeing it a little bit this year too. And, you know, they're going to have some probably some frustrating losses this year. Like they might lose to maybe a young, energetic team that's not overly good. I think you probably saw that a little bit with the Bulls. Like the Bulls are probably going to be yeah. an example of those younger teams that come out and they they play hard, they play fast, and the Lakers are a veteran team that – you know, is is kind of pacing themselves given all the circumstances, and they just, you know, and then you have no fans for for most arenas. So I mean, that's you don't get like an energy generated from those those types of things. So that's where like guys like Alex Caruso, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, like those kind of guys, those young younger legs come in, they provide a spark. That kind of stuff really helps. So um, yeah, man, I'm kind of just blown away with how good they've looked. Like I said, given all the circumstances, because I I thought there'd be a little bit of an adjustment period. Like I, I thought, you know, they're going to be good and they're still going to win a bunch of games, but they could, could see some struggles early just with chemistry issues because they do have a lot of new faces in the rotation. But, man, they, it feels like they haven't really skipped the beat. I mean, the guys that, are, that were on the team last year just seem like they're even better this year. Uh, guys like KCP. Every time he shoots it, I think it's going in now, which is crazy to think yeah. how last season started and we're here yeah. now. I mean, just it goes to show the the work that that guy's put in. Yeah, for sure. Um, this this season honestly kind of feels like the beginning of last year too, where um, 
we all didn't expect the Lakers really to be the number one seed. Uh, I think most people didn't expect that, um, including fans. Uh, mostly because, well, you know, we expected an adjustment period. They got a new coach. Uh, they're all trying to learn how to play together. LeBron and Anthony Davis have never played, had never played together. Some people just thought um, they were going to suck because they hate the Lakers. Well, yes, that too. But reasonable people still thought that, you know, they, they would have hit the ground running. And they really did. Um, they had some early struggles as well. They lost to the Clippers, uh, had that close game against the Bulls where they came back uh, from a big deficit. Um, and this season kind of feels the same way. We expect them to to really be slow out of the gate because they're adjusting to new teammates and, and coming off the you know championship hangover. But they have a low. Uh, they have another loss against the uh, Clippers. Have another close game against the Bulls, and it seems to have like kind of awoken them a little bit. And now, I don't want to say that they're taking games more seriously. Some of them they they have like the two Rockets games. I think they really wanted to win those. Uh, whether it was because of Christian Wood or, or some other reason, but they really cared about that game. Um, uh, but it, it kind of feels the same way in that uh, even if they aren't really clicking on all cylinders yet, they're such a good team that they're just racking up wins as they go, as they get better. <clears throat> yeah, 100%. 100%. It's, it's amazing, man. It's really just – it's a testament to how talented they are. I think it's a testament to the coaching staff – to mm-hmm. just be able to do it to adjust on the fly. I mean, we saw it with with them in the playoffs last year, being able to make those key adjustments and and just adapt to the situation. You know, that's what this season was going to be all about because it's very, you know, different. It's very different mm-hmm. from normal circumstances, and you just got to roll with it and just make the best of it. And the Lakers are are doing that. So it's it's been really refreshing to see them still rack up wins despite pacing themselves and, and really just cranking up. I mean, the, the Pelicans game was a, a great example of that, right? Like they start out very slowly in that yeah. game, kind of get hit in the mouth early. And then I think at one point they went on like an 80 to 40 run and just <laughs> absolutely took over the game. And it was like, all right, we're done playing with these kids. And they just take over. Yeah. And that's that's the gear that they have that a lot, most teams just don't. And yeah. it's beautiful to watch. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that, that that Pelicans game felt like the Pelicans were hitting every single shot early on, partially because the Lakers weren't guarding anybody, and I think they only ended up with, like, 95 points. And uh, while while we're recording this, they're laying it on on the Kings, who have the worst defense in the league. Um, so it kind of goes to show how, how special this team is that when they actually care, like, you can take a pretty explosive, you know, sometimes explosive team and just completely erase everything that they do on offense. That, that reminds me, if you're a role player at the NBA, stop going off <laughs> on the Lakers and then, like, missing everything in the next game. Looking at you, Gary Trent Jr., like, come on, man. Like, that reminds me of the old days, too, like the championship dynasty days where you'd get some yeah. rando, J.J. Barea would go off. Uh, what was that one guy for the Bobcats, Matt Carroll or something like that? Uh, uh I had a couple. Gerald Henry could always – I mean, he wasn't really a role player, I don't think, for that team because the Bobcats were terrible. But, yeah. Uh, they won nine he, games he one year. I yeah. wonder, was yeah. one of those nine games, nine wins against the Lakers? That's what I, I would I would bet my life on it that it was. I don't know for a fact, but I would bet my life on it that, that it was. team just, like, hit a new, a new level every time they played the Lakers. But, like, role players, <laughs> stop. Stop having the game of your life against the Lakers, and then the next game I check the box score, and you're two for 11. 
Gary Trent. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's bad if you run against a Gary. It's true. He's I'm leader of Team Gary, Gary Nation, and Gary Trent's on probation right now for, for his actions. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But, hey, like I said, it makes those two things, like the, the, the flipping the switch when they need to, but also kind of coasting through three quarters. And then op- opposing role players just going nuts and then, you know, being terrible the next next night makes me feel uh, makes me feel like a kid again. Makes me feel like it's 2000 to 2002 or 2008 to 2010. It's it's kind of a nice feeling, yeah, but it also makes me want to throw things sometimes. So we should play a game in all honesty. I'm making this up on the spot. We should pick the oh, role boy. player of the opposing team who we think is going to go off. Oh. Every time That's we a preview good, a game. So a good game. when we preview the Warriors game here in a second, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll pick the role player that right. we think is going to go off. This could be a fun game. So I have, might have to keep a tally on this one. And if you're in the chat, <laughs> whether it's YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, whatever, uh, let me know in the chat. Who do you think is the Warriors role player that is inevitably going to go crazy and have a much uh, – much better performance than their normal standard. I want to see it in the chat. So, all right. Think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Let's talk about some of the new additions uh, for the Lakers because they seem to be a, a pretty heavily talked about item. Montrose Harrell has been, you know, kind of at the forefront of discussions this year. Schroeder as well. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I'm pretty excited about these guys and hope you know a few of these guys are around long term the lakers have been in contract talks with with dennis schroeder uh, i think they said they can pick that up again in february when he can get more money um so that's coming up pretty soon but yeah i am liking some of these i want to say younger guys they're probably guys that are kind of entering their prime and like a guy like schroeder and, and montrose harrell but um how are we feeling about these these new additions to the team obviously you know some ups and downs but I think overall, personally, I think overall has been a overwhelming positive for a lot of these guys. Yeah, I, th- I think ups and downs is basically the right way to look at it. Um, all four of them, uh, Wesley Matthews, Schroeder, uh, Montrez, and Marcus Hall, I think they've all had some games where they've had stinkers and haven't looked very good at all and look like you know a player on a team that yeah, you know that, that they weren't on last year and, and playing with a lot of new play- uh, pieces. And sometimes they are uh, the lifeblood of the team and the reason that they're winning games. Um, I think Schroeder is probably the one that's most pleasantly surprised me, um, especially on the defensive end. I think he's really gotten after it this year. And I think, you know, he's 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 always been kind of up and down defensively, uh, in my opinion, and, and what I've watched from him in previous seasons. But this year he's been, you know, pretty consistently good. Uh, I, th- I think he has his limitations on the defensive end that are always going to be there but he really gets after he fights through screens he's uh, active in passing lanes active on attacking uh players dribbles if they're not careful careful around him and you can get a lot of steals which Dennis Schroeder is getting steals you're basically done for because that man is faster than a speeding bullet um so so for me uh, as somebody who was a little bit iffy on on how he was going to fit on the team uh when the trade first happened I've been really pleasantly surprised and really happy with his performance because I think it's pretty overwhelmingly been good. Even even on the few nights where he hasn't shot it very efficiently, which he had like a stretch of like five or six games where he wasn't really shooting well, I think he's 
almost always uh, positively impacted the team. Yeah, definitely. I, I've been pleasantly surprised with him as well. I knew he was going to have some ups and downs, just kind of how he plays. He's a very aggressive player, really pushes tempo, really, yeah. you know, just attacks off the dribble. And he does bring an element to this team that I don't think anybody really else does. I think Taylor Horton Tucker also really likes to attack the basket, but kind of does it in different ways, I guess. Uh, Schroeder is just a mm-hmm. blur, man. He's he's lightning quick. He's very fast and um, can really fill it up. And I think his shooting, I was a little concerned that last year might just be kind of an anomaly, a little bit of an outlier. But um, I feel like his, his shooting from the three-point line is still pretty reliable. Um, let me look. So he's 34% this year. It honestly feels a little bit more than that. But... If, if he's a guy that's at like 35%, somewhere somewhere between like that, obviously obviously 40% is kind of like the magic number, right, for three-point shooting that everybody looks at. But um, if he's a guy that hits on thir- a 35% clip, I think that's a huge bonus because you got other guys. And that was one of my like minor concerns coming into the season was do the Lakers have enough consistent three-point shooting? And, you know, he's, he's kind of helped ease my concern about that. And... Uh, He's just, I don't know, he's been really good. Like you said, a lot of ups and downs for, for all these guys. Um, but overall, he's a net positive, and I hope the Lakers secure him long-term because I think <laughs> it's really weird seeing the Lakers have, like, a dynamic point guard and not just, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, last year, LeBron was essentially the point guard, but, like, we watched, you know, Derek Fisher for years, you know, always step up when we needed it, but wasn't like super dynamic. Wasn't gonna like beat you off the dribble, yeah. you know, dribble penetrate, play make all that stuff. And so it's weird having a guy like Schroeder. Uh, it gives me Ramon Sessions vibes a little bit. So <laughs> I'm glad you said it because I was about to say something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's nice, man. It's really really nice, and uh, hopefully he's around long term because I like what he brings to the table, but. Um, I also just, I mean, I love what the, the other guys have brought. Montrez Harrell, man, I was so stoked when the Lakers signed him because I thought it was such a bargain of a, of a deal to get done. I thought he was looking at probably like a Julius Randle type contract in, in free agency. I mean, maybe uh-huh. not because of the pandemic. You never know. But um, he he's worth more than his contract for sure. He's, he's a really, really good player. Yeah. And, you know, defensively, he has his ups and his downs, but offensively, man, he consistently, you know what he's going to bring you. I mean, he's a walking, basically a walking double-double, it feels like, and he's going to be highly efficient because he gets good shots. And we've even seen him, you know, shoot some mid-range jumpers here and there, and that's been better than I really thought it would. Like, early the first game, or, like, even in the preseason, I guess, seeing him, like, shoot any mid-range jumpers, it was like, no, don't ever do that again. But it's like, oh, okay, you know, he's he's actually not bad at those. Yeah, it's uh, it's also opened up a little bit of his, uh, like, face-up and, and take guys off the dribble game, which I didn't know he had either. Like, this is all very brand new to me. He basically – I think uh, there's a stat out there that pretty early on this season he – took more jumpers than he did all of last year like this is just a completely new thing that that he's adding to his game or at least having or being allowed to (laughs) put into his game because i think he's talked about not really having as much freedom uh, in the clippers system last year um so yeah that's that's also been a really uh surprising positive of having a little bit of a more dynamic aspect to uh 
Montrezl Harrell's game than, than I expected. But ultimately what he does best is be a rim runner, be a dude attacking the glass and getting putbacks, and he's been great at that. Um, and especially, again, with uh, Schroeder, who I don't think their pick-and-roll game has really reached its max capacity, but um, there is that dynamic ability between the two of them where Schroeder's just beating dudes off the dribble, getting to the rim, and whether he dumps it off for him or he throws it up off the glass and either goes in or it's uh, basically a free rebound and put back for Trez. That's a really important element to this Lakers team that at least for the regular season, um, it's just going to be able to help them rack up wins while LeBron and AD are resting. And hopefully in the playoffs, it's something that they can keep going to over and over again in those few minutes where those uh, two guys uh, aren't both on the floor at the same time. They have like an, an extra thing to their offense that they just didn't have last year. Yeah, I feel like the, the chemistry between Schroeder and, and Montrez is just getting better and better. And I'm excited to see what those two look like together um, by season's end and going yeah. into the playoffs because that could be a really good dynamic, a really good kind of one-two punch uh, with, you know, when you start to rotate some of those bench guys in and stuff like that. So uh, just gives you offense and gives you rebounding and gives you a lot of different things because, I mean, it just it feels like LeBron and AD have definitely turned it on at times, but it just feels like a lot of other guys have stepped up and helped this team win games. And such a luxury, man. Such a luxury to be able to kind of ease those guys along and then say when the playoffs roll around, assuming that they're healthy, uh, just go after it. I mean, LeBron and AD are at 31 minutes a game apiece. Schroeder is at 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Trez, 24. KCP, 22. Kuzma, 24. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's so balanced with the rotation, and it's so deep that it's it's really cool to see. I mean, really, the only four guys that don't get, um, like, a ton of minutes are McKinney, Cook, Dudley, and Attendant Kumpo, because there's just, there's so many, I don't want to say mouths to feed, because the team seems pretty unselfish, and even uh, some of the other guys yeah. have talked about the culture and how great it is, and how much, uh, you know, just how, how everybody plays for one another and how kind of loose it is, but also competitive it is. And it's just such a great culture that the Lakers have built. And these guys are buying into it, man. And it's it's, it's fun to watch because when they when they play play well, they play extremely well. And um, yeah. it's it's just – it's cool to see the, the new pieces all get incorporated. Even Wesley Matthews, I mean – had definitely had his ups and downs, especially with the the shooting. But you know, when the shooting is on, I mean, it he looks like Wes of old. Really on, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then Marcus Gasol, man. I mean, a lot of Raptors fans, I think, told us, "Oh, he's washed. He's terrible." I don't know if they were just bitter that he left them or or whatnot. But um, his his passing, his playmaking, his shooting to space the floor, and his you know his, his ability to position himself defensively. It's all it's all things that are just just helping this team kind of chug along at, at a at a great pace and just fun to watch yeah. man Frank Vogel has again I think done a very very good job and I think he's probably having a lot of fun this year uh, with all the toys that he has to play play with yeah absolutely one thing about Marcus all I love the fact that he's playing like five minutes a game so that he can get unleashed in the playoffs it's amazing yeah <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we, we do really, I think it kind of gets um, 
I, I hate kind of being reductive and, and going back to the overrated underrated thing because I think that's how like every sports discussion is these days. It's like this dude is overrated and this dude's underrated. But uh, I will say that I think Frank Vogel's contribution to the team this year, especially, has been really understated because I think it, it's not really easy to get this many new pieces plus your old pieces that are just coming off a championship and are on top of the world and probably don't really care about playing these almost meaningless games and really getting them to click pretty well as quickly as he has and, and uh, continuing to get them to grow throughout this regular season while still managing minutes, while, like you said, feeding all the mouths, making sure everybody's happy. Like, that is not an easy gig. It, it might seem easy because his team is so good and, and deep and the, the roster is so talented, but it's not... Not every coach can do that. There are a lot of coaches that have failed at doing that, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for how good this team has been so far. Basically, the Lakers have a ton of mouths to meet, mouths to feed, but Frank Vogel has like an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Beautiful. Let's send that to Billy Max. Let's transition to Golden State on Monday. Golden State Warriors are 6-6. Six and six. They had a really rough start to the year. First couple games were very tough. A lot of people thought Steph Curry was done and washed and all this stuff, and he has proven otherwise since then. And he can be very, very, very good. And I think he's going to need to be very, very good to give the Warriors a shot to beat the Lakers. So mm-hmm. how do we feel about this game? What do you think – uh, are some things the Lakers need to do um, on both ends of the floor to be able to to slow down Golden State and be able to get to 12-3. and three. Um, I'm really interested about this one because it doesn't feel like they've played a player of Steph's caliber in a while. Like, they obviously played against the Rockets with James Harden, but James Harden was uh, <laughs> kind of out of there already. Um <laughs> Uh, he, he was not a Houston Rocket for those two games. He, he was me um, at 4.55 on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, he was very much clocked out already. One, two, three, King Cooney. Um, so, so I'm really interested to see what sort of, you know, obviously I don't think uh, Vogel's really installed his entire defense. I don't think they've done, you know, every sort of strange defensive coverage that he really likes to throw out there in the playoffs. So I'm really interested to see what their game plan is. They've also had two days of, of uh, rest in between these these two games, so I'm sure he's at least tried to have a little bit of a game plan for Steph rather than just going into it and being like, hey, that dude is good at shooting, so don't let him shoot. Um, so I'm really interested in that because I think they have a ton of bodies that they can throw at Steph in an individual way. Um, KCP seems like he'd be the best bet, but – Shooter can be a little bit of a pass and attack his dribble. Uh, Caruso should be pretty good at it. Maybe you throw THD at him. Uh, maybe you throw Wesley Matthews, whoever. So I'm really interested in that because, um, you know, this Warriors theme isn't really top-down talented. Uh, Steph is obviously still amazing. He's even he's having a little bit of a down year in terms of his shooting percentage, but I think that's just because there's so much more um, attention on him than ever before, which is crazy to say, because there's always a lot of attention on him. Um, but other than that, you know, being able to stop Draymond from, from really conducting their offense is going to be a big part of this and then controlling how much their role players go off against you. Uh, I know Andrew Wiggins has been having a couple of pretty good weeks of making sure that, you know, you're, you're 
forcing him to take those bad shots that he takes a lot of and maybe living living with the results but not letting him get to the rim not letting him take too many threes um and then don't get lost in kelly Oubre's eyes that's really the most important part <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah if you're getting lost in Oubre's eyes i mean you probably don't deserve to to win the game i mean <laughs> like i can't imagine that crossing somebody's thoughts like I guess like you go for a game winner and it's like, oh, that, oh, that would God. happen to you. But that would happen to me. I would be awful against Kelly Oubre as a basketball player. I would be awful as a basketball player because I am awful as a basketball player. <laughs> but I would particularly be awful against like Kelly Oubre and like Al Horford. You know, those, those kinds of players with, with very beautiful eyes. Well, the first step to recovery <laughs> is admitting you have a problem, I guess. So, uh,. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, Golden State is a really interesting team because they've got a lot of guys that can play well, I think. Well, not like a lot, but a handful of guys <laughs> that can play well and can contribute. I think Bazemore should get more minutes for them personally, but um, I admittedly have only watched them probably three or four times so far this year. And to me, they go as Steph goes. So, and they don't have like that second playmaker i mean they've got you know draymond green but i think you live with draymond basically facilitating offense and and you if you take steph out of the play which he's a little different than than harden where whereas if you trap him at half court he's gonna try and get back in the play whereas harden just basically starts walking back on defense essentially once you get the ball out of his hands or at least what we saw in that playoff series but um so I would anticipate, I don't know, it's tough to say. Like if this was a playoff series and the Lakers, you know, were going all out and, and doing everything yeah. they can to win each and every game, I think you'd see them trap Steph at, at midcourt a lot, get the ball out of his hands, and then kind of take your chances and say, hey, we're going to make these other guys beat us, whether it's Draymond shooting the three, which teams – I think teams guard Rondo closer on the three-point <laughs> line than they guard Draymond Green. <laughs> My guard William Rondo closer than <laughs> I'm just saying every time I watch Golden State play, I'm like <laughs> So one one of the Clippers games I was watching, Draymond has a wide open three like top of the key. Nobody's around him. He like dribbles in to the defense and then turns it over. And I'm like, Dre, you gotta shoot that, man. You gotta take that open shot. Like two possessions, a, two possessions later, he had the same look and then shot it, and I think hit nothing but backboard. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you know what? Maybe no, <laughs> never mind. Maybe, maybe the turnover was better. Actually, uh, that's actually I, I feel like that was a big part of how the Cavs came back in that three-one uh, uh, deficit finals. Is you know, other than the game where he got suspended, they they really were letting Draymond shoot, and he was shook because he was dribbling in and trying to throw up all these wild floaters. Uh, to just were not getting close and he had nobody to pass to because they were guarding everybody so tight. Yeah. Um, I think that was a really big part of it. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta live with that. You just got to get the ball out of Steph's hands as much as you can because if he – I mean, I think he's going to need to score at least 30 to beat the Lakers on Monday, yeah. maybe 35-plus. Uh, he, he's going to have to have a really good game. I mean, we're going to have the inevitable role player that – goes nuts and we'll we'll make our guesses here in a second but you know 
you just got to trust that these other guys can't beat you. And I, I just don't think they can, especially if the Lakers give a crap for even half the game. I just don't think they're going to lose to, you know, if you take – if you can slow down Steph and limit his shot attempts or at least his clean looks, you know, a, a team with Andrew Wiggins, uh, Pashal or Pascal, however you, I don't remember how you say his name, but uh, Wiseman, <laughs> Oubre, that team's just not going to beat this this Lakers team. So, yeah, you know – they can. I mean, every you know, it's any given night. You know, you could obviously lose. I'd be surprised if the Lakers lost to this team if they care. I think that's going to be like the the stipulation to every game is if the Lakers care, this is what I think happens. But we never we really never know. The Lakers just kind of you know coast along, and then it's like all right, now we'll play. So we'll just see how it's long it takes. It's kind of a great. It, it's it's a great place to be for the Lakers where they can. If they even just have a stinker of a game, everybody's just gonna be like, ah, okay. Like they they might actually care and just play like crap one game, and everybody's just gonna say that it's because they don't care. Yeah, it's if, great. if they they haven't lost a game yet, like or they haven't been outplayed yet, it's just that they didn't care. That's all it was. Exactly. So basically, it's be all year. Even, if, even if they get eliminated in the playoffs, I'm gonna say it's because they didn't care. They're four. <laughs> they're fourteen and zero. That's. That's pretty much my my mindset. Is nobody's beaten them yet? The the ring night beat them, and then the other two games they just they just didn't care. So just yeah, that's uh, I'm going to be really interested to see how LeBron approaches this because he hasn't played Steph in a while, and I feel like he always wants to go hard against Steph and the Warriors. Um, so that'll be really fun because I don't know what they do. Like if if LeBron starts going off, they probably have to put Draymond on him, and then that means James Wiseman is guarding. Uh, Anthony Davis, and I don't know, man. I don't think that's a that's a great option for for the Warriors. So that, I think if LeBron really goes hard offensively, this thing is over, like easy. Yeah, i I like I like Wiseman. I don't know if he was necessarily the right pick for them there, but I do like him as a player. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I <laughs> the Lakers just let's just. Put it this way, Lakers should not lose this game. In all honesty, they yeah. should win this game pretty comfortably if they want to. That's what it comes down to. So, Hani, I'm going to give you a first pick on this, on which Warrior player is going to play way above his standard and go go off against the Lakers. And then, I mean, we'll probably crash back to earth in the next game. But who, who's the guy on Monday for the Warriors that's going to kind of play way out of their minds? I think this is an easy answer for me. Before I say who it is, I'm going to read off uh, their stat line. Um, you're averaging 11 points a game, pretty solid. Five rebounds, one assist, uh, what, almost two turnovers a game. Uh, shooting 35% from the field and 19.7% from three on 5.5 attempts a game. Um, it's Kelly Oubre. I think Kelly Oubre is going to hit like five threes against the Lakers. <laughs> Yeah, he nineteen percent from the three point. That's wild, dude. He had such a good year last year. It's insane. I think this is gonna be the game where he like gets it together and, and turns into a, a decent role player again. He was but he not was, before he has another game. <laughs> he he was a guy I was like clamoring for at the trade deadline last year. It was like, oh, this you know, the reports yeah. came out, he's available and it's like, Oh, try and go get him. Uh yeah, he was really good last year and I 
thought the Warriors did a good job going and getting him when Clay went down. I was like, he's obviously not Clay, but he's a quality player that I think can can help out. And gosh, to start the year, wasn't he like 0 of 44 on non dunks or layups? Like it was yeah, bad. forever for him. It was really, yeah. really bad. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great pick. <laughs> that's kind of who I was, uh, who I was leaning to. But I, I always <laughs> feel like it's like something super random. Um, so, yeah. the role player that I think is going to kind of go off and play out of their mind is Steph Curry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's a guy I brought up. I'm going to go with, I don't know if it's Pascal or, or, or Pascal. I yeah, Pascal. Pascal. That's what I thought. I just couldn't remember. I think he's the guy. Uh, he just feels like that super random guy that will just go off against the Lakers. And um, he, he is, I mean, you know, one of their like double figure guys this year. So he's not a bad player by any means, but I'm counting on like 23 points out of him in this game <laughs> so that's that's gonna be my my pick in in this game and uh there's a good chance that it's n- neither of these guys and it's somebody uh james wiseman all, all of a sudden gonna start hitting threes and i guess we could game say only. we could say draymond green right draymond green's gonna go like six of eight from, <laughs> from three that would that would also be hilarious. It would suck, but it would be hilarious. That would be just peak like Laker role or opposing Laker role players. So, so yeah, those are our picks. Uh, we had somebody uh, in the chat, uh, Rob on YouTube. Thank you for the kind words, by the way, Rob. I really really appreciate it. Um, said <laughs> he 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 picked the same guy that you did, but he said not a role player. But Uber is about to go nine of eleven from three. Warriors still lose by nineteen. <laughs> yep all right i'm into it that's exactly what i think (laughs) yeah so it's like that that joke that always gets made it's like uber from way downtown and he cuts the deficit to 35 (laughs) i i did that for the first rockets game uh while i was tuned in the game from from our account and then uh like a couple minutes later Actually, it was it was during their run in the third, but it hadn't really started yet. And then all of a sudden, they like kept racking it up, and it got to like ten points. I was like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> I, have said I know. I feel like we're tempting fate by saying that this should be an easy game for the Lakers, and the Warriors are just gonna they're gonna look like the Warriors from like three years ago and just absolutely go crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All right. Uh, we did have a couple questions that we can get to because we haven't been going too long on this. So um, we did have somebody, well, I guess it's more of a comment. Uh, Charles on YouTube said, we need to make a move, not a major move, but a small move for a center. How do you feel about that? Okay, so I've been talking about this a little bit. Um, one, I don't see a trade happening because I think their top 11 guys are guys that they want on this team. And after that, like nobody's really clamoring for Alfonso McKinney, I don't think. Um, Not with that attitude. <laughs> we're trading him for Kyle Lowry straight up. Uh, eh. But the, the other part of it is uh, if they're going to get somebody as like a free agent, I don't think they're going to do that until after the trade deadline. And my thought on that is, yeah, that's fine. If you want to go get a big after the trade deadline, 
it makes sense that that a lot of people think the Lakers need another big. I totally get the the uh, like the rationale behind that. But after the trade deadline, you're looking at just a couple of weeks before the playoffs, and at that point, Anthony Davis is going to be playing like 35 minutes at the center position, and Marcus Gasol is hopefully going to play the rest of that. So I don't really see a need for a big at that point. So if this team is already winning this much and Anthony Davis hasn't had to really play center or play a lot of minutes, then I just I don't really find it as big of a need as as I think a lot of other people do. Yeah, it's 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 something we've talked about a couple of times on on getting one more like true big guy that can play that center spot. And I I, I, I get it. I mean, it's one thing that we said when we looked at the roster going into the season is, yeah, I mean, I'd feel more comfortable if they got one more guy. But it's mostly just the insurance, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like if there's an injury or anything like that because or foul trouble. Because, yeah, like you said, when the playoffs roll around, AD is going to play most of his minutes at the five like we saw last year in the playoffs. I mean, there were times where the Lakers didn't play JaVale or Dwight at all in the playoffs because it's yeah. we're going to go AD at the five, and sometimes Markeith will play the five, and you know we're going to play a little bit smaller, a little bit faster, more versatile, and we're going to space things out offensively. We're going to run, all that stuff. So I think you'll see a similar type of approach. Uh, Mark Gasol will play as much as he is needed when the games really count. So when the playoffs roll around, I don't really think that there's going to be like a need for another center. I think it's just more for, I mean, kind of what we thought. So I, I, I kind of agree with you, uh, Charles, but yeah. um, for me, it was more just about insurance during the regular season just to kind of get through. Um, but Frank Vogel's done a, a wonderful job managing minutes, managing workloads for these guys. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful and, and very encouraged that they can just kind of keep the status quo going for most of the year and, yeah. and they'll be just fine. And I think they can play small too and, and, and be just fine as well. Especially because a lot of teams yeah. play small nowadays. Yeah, I think so too. Um, we had a couple people really gassing you up in the chat, and I don't like that at all. So I'm going to just <laughs> skip. Awesome. I don't have a sign up today. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's skip over that. The only the only other question – oh, I, we did get asked, uh, which one of you is going to take on uh, Alan Slua after he destroys Trevor 101? Is that a thing? Is that really happening? I haven't really? kept I haven't kept up on tw- Twitter much lately, but are, are those two really playing? I actually would love to see that. That's kind of hilarious. Um, it's, it's not going to be me because, as we just said, I'm awful at basketball. <laughs> Gary's actually pretty good. <laughs> It'll be me. I'll, rep- I'll represent for the Lakers Outsiders team and, and go out there and, and try and get some buckets. So. Um, I hope this is an actual thing because I, I really want this. That. As soon as we finish this, I am. Oh, Rob says it's happening. Rob, is it happening like tonight? What do you know? What day? Can what I, are the details? We need to know. Can I get a stream of this? Like, what's going on? I, I gotta know. I mean, we can say, I charter a flight for Gary to get here safely in, in COVID time so he can play whoever wins one on one? I'll I'll run <laughs> I'll run there for for a game of one on one with against some fellow members of Lakers Twitter. Uh, so <laughs> talking trash, bro. Hey. If you're going into a one-on-one game, you got to talk trash. It's, it's just it's what you got to do. I would love to watch that, though. I once I once wrote a draft profile piece on our website about Gary. That's how good I think he is at basketball. We, we, must, we must have been really bored back then. That must have been when the Lakers like just didn't have a pick or, or something like that. But 
Trevor sounded scared. No, you can't you can't play basketball scared, man. Even if you think you might lose, like even like when you're going up against the, you know, the juggernaut Warriors a couple years ago, you can't play scared. You gotta just go out, go at them. Kobe Bryant would have never been scared. I, gonna... I thought we were gonna say the juggernaut Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> This is so funny. I have no idea this was a thing. I'm hopping on Twitter right after we're the done. Silver screen and roll Do I? The silver screen the silver screen and roll have a representative? Is it Anthony? I don't oh god. If it's if it's Anthony, I'm I'm playing Anthony right now. I'm <laughs> already saying he's gonna elbow Trevor if he tries to body him up. <laughs> oh, I I would I would pay money to see this. The NFL games are done today. I would pay to see this. So, uh, yeah, I'll play. I mean, I got to go from Boise down to to L.A., but, I mean, I'll play. Especially with the weather you guys are having right now. Honestly, like, it is hot as hell. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, in, I'm in San Diego, but, like, I, I would drive up to watch. Uh, honestly, like, I know I – know, I know this is mostly jokes, and I know that there's a whole ass pandemic happening, so it's not really possible. But in the future, uh, just like all the Lakers sites having a representative to play one on one for like charity or something, I'm in. I, I would set that up. I think we should that just have cool have like a tournament, and we get just some five yeah. on five going, like Lakers outsiders versus silver screen oh, and roll, like versus all the all these <laughs> all, all these you know blogs and sites and stuff and podcasts. Let's do it. I mean, we, we did we do that a little bit in Vegas when, you know, there's not a pandemic going on. Uh, at Summer League, you know, we usually get some pickup games going and stuff like that. I played against, you know, uh, Grant Goldberg, Pete Zayas, uh, you know, Tim. Uh, you guys know him from really good follow, uh, Tim NBA. A uh, number of those guys. We played some pickup games. Basically kind of in our street clothes, so that wasn't fun. But uh, it, it, was, it, it was a blast, but... Uh, I need. We need more of this. We need more Lakers Twitter playing one. I guess that's like how confident we are in the team, right? They're like, ah, we don't need to cover the team. Let's just play basketball against each other. <laughs> that's more interesting. We actually care about the games we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> Watch their YouTube videos talking about it. No joke. All right, I'm gonna have to tune in. I'm gonna have to tune in uh, after we're done here. All right, cool. Um, Rob, again, thank you for the kind words. Uh, really appreciate it. Like, like I said, I, I apologize for the long absence. Um, we also had uh, somebody else on YouTube. Real Music SS uh, asked us a question. Should we be worried about the Nets? That's the question I wanted to get to. Oh, I knew this was going to happen. Uh, I knew somebody was going to ask. So I kind of wrote about this a little bit on the site. So you can kind of go look at, look at that and give us some clicks because they sustain us. Um, but I will just, uh, say I, I would understand, um, being worried about the Nets because that is an incredible top three, like Kyrie Irving, James Harden. If, if Kyrie Irving is the worst player in your top three, that's a pretty damn good team, right? Like it's, it's a stacked, uh, top of, of that team. Plus they have some other really talented players like Joe Harrison, Spencer Dinwiddie. They're really, really good role players. Um, I am not ready to say that I'm worried about them yet before I see them really play all together. 
Uh, I know they just had uh, their first game with Harden yesterday, but Kyrie wasn't playing. They looked great, but I would, um, you know, if I were an S fan, I would A, be kind of worried about everybody buying into that role, especially Kyrie. I think that's a really tough role to be the third best player on that uh, team and, and really buying into having less of the ball as, as talented of a ball handler as he is. Um, and then defensively, I think they have a ton of issues. They don't really have many bigs. Their starting center is DeAndre Jordan, who is very much washed up, in my opinion. And they don't really have many backups. Like KD's really been been playing backup five or Jeff Green. And uh, we all saw how Jeff Green playing uh, center minutes against the Lakers worked out in the, in the playoffs last year. So I think I got to really see how they play uh, a little bit more, plus see what other moves they make, because I would assume that they make a move to, to get uh, another big or two. But uh, right now, I'm not super worried. I I really am not even comfortable calling them the favorites in the East. I think the Bucks uh, should still be a better team, although they have their own question marks. Um, so I, I'm just I'm not ready to say I'm worried about them yet, but I do see a future where, you know, maybe everything clicks and then, yeah, they're a scary team because they have Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving on the same team. I'm not worried, uh, but if you definitely take notice. I mean, they, they had, I think, everybody's attention already, but you had a guy like James Harden. Although, is it really like a hot take of me to say, because you said Kyrie was probably the third best of those three. Is it a hot take to say he's going to be the second best in the playoffs? Uh, um... No, I don't think so. I mean, like, yeah, Kyrie's a lot more proven in the playoffs, I think. But part of that is because he played next to LeBron. But, I mean, obviously hit, hit the biggest shot at that finals. Um, Harden is an interesting guy in that he is very, very, very talented. He is, you know, on his best day, a top five, maybe even higher player in the league. Um, and he has such a huge impact offensively when you let him do his thing. But letting him do his thing has just not really worked in the playoffs yet. So... It's going to be really interesting to see how he's involved in a team where he's not always going to be handling the ball the same way that he was with the Rockets. Even even with like Westbrook and Chris Paul, he was still really the engine of that team. Um, I think for the Nets to be good, they probably will have him still be the main ball handler, and I think Kyrie is going to be more of the off-ball threat than, than he is. But there are still going to be some moments where Kyrie's doing his thing on the perimeter and like, what is James Harden going to be doing? He's just going to stand on the corner. Like he doesn't really get involved off the ball very much. And I think, you know, there's a high potential for that to, to snowball into him, not really caring and not really playing to the best of his ability. Like we saw, you know, in these last two games against the Lakers for sure. But even in the playoffs when, you know, his back was against the wall, he really didn't always seem to be playing with the urgency that you would expect your superstar to play when you're down Two one three one in the series. Plus, when it comes to their defensive issues, I mean, they're coached by Steve Nash. They're obviously not going to fix those defensive issues, right? Hey, man, that's Lakers legend Steve Nash. Let's Any chance I get to slander Steve Nash, I'm going to take it. <laughs> it's kind of nuts, though, that Steve Nash got this job, this first head coaching job, first any coaching job, really, um, out of nowhere. Nobody expected it, and now he has to <laughs> – as to coach Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, who are three of the most talented players in the league, and also three of the like most extreme personalities in the league, like that is that's tough. Like that's that is going to be a really big test for that dude. And I, I I like Steve Nash. I don't stand up unlike you, but that is a tough ask for for a guy in his first year coaching. Well, 
I'm just surprised he got Mike D'Antoni to be an assistant for him. Like, that's how bad the Rocket situation was, where Mike D'Antoni was like, no, I don't want to be a head coach anymore. I'm just going to go hang out with my, my old boy Steve and, <laughs> in Brooklyn and just kind of hang out. And now he gets to coach Harden again. So yeah, it all weird. comes full circle. Weird. But, but yeah, um, Real Music SS, thanks for the question. And then thank you uh, for, for the kind remarks as well. Really, really appreciate that, Rob. Um, you as well. I know I said thank you a couple times, but uh, you just keep saying nice things and really appreciate it. It, it. it really does mean a lot. It really does mean a lot, especially given, you know, the, the little hiatus that we were on 100% on, on me. Uh, that's that's my bad. And, and I will do everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen again. I'll try to get on tomorrow night after the game. Um, it's just tough for me because I, you know, especially these home games. So I'm an hour ahead of the Lakers or anybody living in LA. Um, and so I get up super early for work, like five in the morning. So these games that start at eight o'clock can be kind of tough to, you know, do, do a stream after, but I'm going to try and do it uh, as much as I can. Um, if not, uh, I will definitely be on Tuesday night. I don't honey. I don't know. Uh, I haven't really discussed this with you, um, with your, your schedule and everything yet. And we'll figure it out, but I will be on Tuesday night. And at the very least we can talk about, either the Warriors game or we can do kind of a Q&A. Uh, we can just do like a mailbag uh, stream and answer all your guys' questions and uh, kind of go from there. So going to be doing these more often from, yeah. from now on. Stuff just got kind of crazy there for for a minute. And uh, we will, we'll definitely be back on more often, though. Uh, I, I, I will promise you guys that. So thank you guys again for, for the kind words. Um, but as always, <clears throat> you, if you like the pod, you like the stream, um, I will edit this after the fact and it'll go up on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, it'll be up there. If you want to watch these live, you can do so in three different places. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. You can subscribe to us on YouTube and you can like and follow us on Facebook as well. It'll be up on Facebook Live. Uh, if you want to support the, the stream and the site um, to get, you know, just help out the whole crew on consistently getting, you know, new content out, you know, improved content out. We're always trying to get better and all that stuff. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Twitch. A tier one sub, I believe, is $6. Uh, so you can uh, help support us there uh, if you so choose. Uh, we also have uh, a Patreon link, right, honey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's patreon.com slash Lakers Outsiders. Um, we are trying to put a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, the more support we get, the more we'll do it. We're, it's, it's kind of a tough situation because... Obviously, like Gary and I are the only ones on the site, and we're also not the only ones who have full-time jobs or um, school or whatever at the same time. So it's really hard for us to get a lot of work uh, content done, and we obviously don't want to put everything behind the paywall because we want everybody to have access to the work that we do. Um, so the more support we get on Patreon, the more we'll try to do really cool things. Uh, I know we want to work on doing some like wallpapers and stuff, but we also I try to do a power rankings every week. Um, so that, you know, if you're not able to watch other games other than the Lakers, I try to, you know, at least give you a little bit of a view at other teams. Um, uh, Raj at Unwritten Rules on Twitter, great follow, our, our dude. His tweets uh, hit different. Little... Yeah, his tweets do hit different. His Twitter likes also hit different. Um, <laughs> he, he's been doing some uh, film pieces on YouTube that, that we put uh, on Patreon as well. And they're, they're phenomenal. I don't say that just with the bias of this being our website and being really proud of the work, but he does a really great job of it. Um, and really everybody on our side, they work really, really effing hard. 
despite this not really being a job for any of us. We don't get paid for this. So if you can support us, that's awesome. If you can't, at least share it, tell your friends and family. Um, and hopefully that, that helps us get more consistent, get better workout and really build what I think is most important to all of us is build a really cool uh, Lakers community, Lakers fan community where we can all just be interacting with each other and talking about the Lakers and, and hopefully winning a lot of titles together. Yeah, that community can be such a beautiful thing. I mean, I have met so many people through this Lakers community through Twitter. I mean, Hani, you know, a few, you know, a few years ago, neither, neither of us knew each other. And, uh, you know, met, we've met a lot of people that have become friends um, through this Lakers community. Yeah. And I think continuing to build this thing and, and giving other people that opportunity that otherwise, you know, might not. And, you know, I think it's, it's a really cool thing that I think we can all support one another and continue to build as a, as a community and, and support each other while supporting the purple and gold. And hopefully, like Ani said, win uh, a lot of championships and at least uh, past Boston. God, the, the Celtics fans, if if the Lakers win the title this year, because I'm fairly confident the Celtics aren't going to, uh, I really hope I don't jinx that. Knock on wood, but uh, and they just got thirty piece by the Knicks today. Shout out Julius Randle, but let's go. <laughs> but yeah, um, man, Celtics fans are gonna have to log off for a while if if the Lakers pass them in titles. So, all right. As always, guys, you can follow us, you know, on, on all those platforms. You can get all of our content up on LakersOutsiders.com. You can follow Hani on Twitter, just at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. You can follow me at Gary Kester. And you can, if you want to talk more about it, um, you can also follow my personal Twitch account, just uh, SwishGK. And I think it's up on the screen uh, as the latest sub, so you can find me there. And, Yeah. We're gonna get out of here. Uh, most likely Tuesday night, uh, we'll be back on. Try, I'll try again for tomorrow. We'll have to kind of see how things go when my class actually gets out and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you guys so much again. Uh, but until next time, this is Gary Kester and Hadi Amadian with the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out Nevada legend Ramon Sessions. <laughs>